I'm actually practicing to surrender so that I can experience a part of myself that I can't experience in the everyday. But the more I practice that, the more that experience in the everyday actually becomes available to me. That was Tracy Stanley. Hey everyone, Danny Pomploon, and welcome back to the Yogi Misfit Sessions. So today I'm coming at you with session 117. I have the privilege, uh, the joy, just so much gratitude for uh, our guest today. Tracy Stanley is on the show and we get into Yoga Nidra, which in the simplest terms, a lot of people think of is the yoga of sleep. But as you hear throughout this entire episode, she completely demystifies it. Um, Before we get into the episode, I just want to acknowledge obviously where we're at in the world and what's going on. And if I could stress just this one bit to everyone listening to this episode is that having this practice of grounding and of slowing down and tuning in is just so divine right now. It's been such a gift in my own personal practice, and I can only speak to what's worked for me, right? But give it a shot. Tracy's been awesome enough to share a free yoga nidra for everybody out there. Right now, more than ever, we need tools to really tune in and to take care of ourselves. So use the resource, um, listen to her words. They're just extremely inspiring and, and she's just an amazing, I'm, I, I, have, I really have no words to describe this whole entire episode and how amazing it was to have her on. Um, as always, you know, the show doesn't go on without you guys, your love, your supports. Uh, so if you have a second, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, we have the support page up as well. We're taking any donations just to get the show sustainable. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also the last part, too. Uh, my yoga app is out there right now, and I have unlocked um, all of my meditations and all of my relax-based classes uh, just as another resource for everybody right now. Hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. Hope you are healthy and well. And without further ado, here is Tracy Stanley on Session 117. Tracy, I almost feel like we should have recorded what we were talking about before we hit record. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, the podcast. I know I've been uh, we've been trying to connect for quite a while, and you know, kind of in lines uh, along the lines of what we were just saying. You know, uh, apparently timing is everything, and you were supposed to be on now. And what better time to be on the podcast than now? Absolutely, absolutely. It's amazing how things have aligned on this uh mm-hmm. april first yeah. Yeah, yeah it is a different 22. it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole different day i'm surprised you know what day it is because for me it's just been today yesterday and tomorrow that's all i know <laughs> i totally agree and for a couple of days i was not clear on which day of the week it was and i said to myself okay part of my ritual um is going to be that I have to know the date and the day to create some structure around time and space are speeding up Find a way and to then get slowing you down to and speeding up and then slowing down. So how, um, yeah. you know, uh, um, for the listeners out there, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's just kind of diet. Let's dive in. I, I met you. I mean, I've, I've, we've been in orbit. I think we were Instagram friends for a while and we kind of chatted there and then I had the, uh, the, the pleasure and the, um, 
the privilege of taking your class in um, at Wonderlust this past summer. And I got to take your Nidra on Sankalpa um, class, which was absolutely amazing and phenomenal and blown away. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I want to hear about your, you know, I don't know all of your journey going into Nidra and to, you know, the work that you're doing now. How did you get there? Wow, that's a great question. Um, so I was actually introduced to the practice of Yoga Nidra through uh, one of my teachers, Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker. And that was in 2001. And at the time when he introduced us to the practice, he didn't really give it a name. Mm-hmm. It was during a satsang and he basically just instructed us to lie down. And then he led us through what felt like okay. a guided meditation. But I got deeper mm. in that meditation mm-hmm. and in that experience mm-hmm. than I had ever felt before, where I literally felt like my body was dissolving that I was mm-hmm. everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And so I just became obsessed with the practice. And at that time, there were not a lot of books on Yoga Nidra. There was one book that was available that I could find, um, which people refer to as the blue book. Um, and then I started reading that and started offering, you know, kind of guided shavasanas based on the practices that were in that book. And it really wasn't until um, I started to read more of the Devi Mahatma and uh, became introduced to some teachings through Sri Vidya and realized that there was a goddess um, by the name Yoga Nidra. And uh, that was the journey that kind of started me investigating and then I was introduced to a teacher um, by the name of Swami Veda Bharati uh, who's since left his body who really wanted people to understand the practice of yoga nidra Um, and then I also had heard oh all of Swami Rama's cities came from practicing yoga nidra I was like well that's kind of interesting Um, and the more and more I did research the more I realized that yoga nidra was itself a full system of yoga that incorporated all of um, the limbs. And I just started practicing and getting more tuned in and reading more. And Mm -hmm. um, my teacher, Rod Stryker, um, actually started to focus more on um, leading nidra trainings and immersions. And so I got deeper into that. And um, at some point, I just realized that this is this healing salve that everybody needs. Um, it's one of those things that meditation a lot of times feels unattainable because people look at the photographs of people meditating and they see, oh, they're sitting in this posture and they're in lotus position, and most of us can't sit for a long time without being distracted by some part of the body that becomes painful or uncomfortable. But everybody, for the most part, can lie down or can find a restful position, whether it's in a chair or a side-lying. And it makes the practice that much more accessible to people. So I just feel like this is the practice for everyone. Um, And I just felt like it's something that I need to share as much as I can. 
So let me let me um let me back up a little bit. You know, from from I think a lot of well, a lot of people don't actually know about Nidra. You know, I, I didn't know about it until shoot, maybe just a couple of years ago in my in my yoga journey. Um, and a lot of people think, and this is really, I, I love that you said that because there's a whole system behind it, but a lot of people think that yoga is just the, yo- or rather yoga nidra is just the yoga of sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of the ba- like, you know, the baseline of you were to say one, two, two words to it. Sh- sure. But help us digest a little more about nidra, help us break down its system and how it works and, and why it works so well. Another great question. Um, so yeah, a lot of times we hear this definition of yoga nidra as being the yoga of sleep. And then if we think about the yoga of sleep, we feel like, oh, we're going to take a yoga nap. Or this- <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> right? Or this is something to help us fall asleep or to cure insomnia or um, because I did the practice of yoga nidra and I fell asleep that that's what it's for. And in reality, it is a practice that helps you to wake up to your life, Mm. right? Um, So you may hear uh, people talk about it as conscious sleep, enlightened sleep, awakened sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the first thing to talk about is really that yoga nidra is more than a technique, right? It's not the technique of, I mean, it is the technique, but it's, it's more than the technique. It's actually a state of consciousness, And it's a technique that leads us to a state of consciousness. And as Mm -hmm. I mentioned before, it's also, um, she's a goddess. Mm -hmm. And she is that goddess that holds the universe together and supports everything and nurtures everything and has the ability to put you in the deepest, deepest restful place of sleep, which is a sleep of awakening that awakens you to your true nature. So Uh, when we start to reframe, I feel like, it gives us a little bit more reverence and maybe even devotion towards the practice. Versus I'm going to go in and take a nap. (laughs) Right. Or that I'm doing something. Right. Right. It's like I'm actually practicing to surrender Mm -hmm. so that I can experience a part of myself that I can't experience in the everyday. Mm. But the more I practice that, the more that experience in the everyday actually becomes available to me. Would you say like, you know, when people, I always think about um, this, I think about the student archetypes. So I I think, you know, the athletes and we know who those people are, they come in and we want sweaty vinyasa go. And then there's, you know, the mystics um, and that would be more subtle energy moving into this. And then there's the archetypes and, where we're, we're the nerds. We're, why does your bone move that way? How does it work? When you twist it, what happens? Let's dissect it, put it together. I think that, um, you know, well, maybe anyway, would, would you, uh, when people come into my class and they're like, want sweaty vinyasa, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get you in that way. But if I got to give you 30 million crunches to get you to listen to me talk about how you are God, so be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you say that people coming in and maybe falling asleep to a couple of Nidra classes, like, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? But eventually, as they start to come in, those layers start to peel off, you know, and then the other things start to evolve. And then, you know, more things start to be seen. Yeah, it's no different than your yoga, your physical asana practice. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a system that helps you to move through the koshas, right? Mm-hmm. Those layers or those sheaths uh, mm-hmm. that cover the light of the soul. Um, and also help you to become aware of your own chronic energy, 
So the answer is yes. It's like, of course, when we first start practicing yoga nidra, we're probably going to fall asleep because that's what we're used to when we lie down and we're exhausted. But if we have the awareness that part of the practice is for us to stay awake and aware, um, then it gives us something more to do. Like, how can I hold being really surrendered and still be awake and aware? Um, And there's a poem um, by Swami Veda Bharati where he basically says, at night, do you ever say to someone, please turn on the lights so that I may see my dreams more clearly? In what light do you see your dreams? That light is no candle flame. It's your own very self. You are a self-luminous being, the source of your body's vitality, the origin of your mind's awareness. This self never sleeps. Mm. And that's the self that you are coming in touch with when you practice yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. So it's almost, well, not almost, I guess we're starting to slow it down. We're starting to do less of the doing so that light can illuminate up so that we can actually allow it to come up versus trying to force or find or look for it. Exactly. It's, it is the ultimate practice of non-doing. And as you move through the stages of consciousness, you move closer towards a state of what's called near vikalpa or a mm-hmm. place of no thought. Mm-hmm. And then eventually as you move closer towards that place of yoga nidra, you are moving towards samadhi and moving towards the void. Mm -hmm. And we can't say, I definitely can't say what happens in the void because it's the void. But I know that when I come back from a yoga nidra experience that has been deep and restful, that I have more creativity, I have more energy, I have more inner knowing than I did before the practice. What is your own personal experience like from, let's say a start, I love, I love how you come out of a Nidra, you know, and, and how it's just, uh, you're, you're, uh, the only way, the only words I have to say it is, is, but you're, you're tuned in, right. You're tapped into to the mm-hmm. field. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, I'm trying to think for the listeners out there, how to make sense of that. You're just, you're tapped into, to, to yourself, to, to consciousness. Right. What's your experience like from like start to finish? Like, how do you, when you start to go into your own practice, you know, we always see teachers teaching these practices, but when they go into their own, this is part of your ritual. And I know that's a big part of, of not just your, but it's you, it is totally you as a, as a being, how, how is it in, in, when you go through this, what is the experience like for you? Well, the experience really depends on the day and, and what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, it's about setting up the most luxurious yoga nidra nest so that I can fully rest, mm. right? And and honoring myself mm. as a divine being and honoring nidra shakti as the place and, and energy and vibration that I would love to connect to mm-hmm. and doing everything possible to be able to really surrender into that space. So... Um, you know, going in and I, I self lead or self guide myself into, um, the technique of yoga nidra, hoping that I can surrender into a deeper place. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I come out of it, I always have a journal next to me 
so that I can free write or I can mind map or I can draw whatever is coming up because I feel like, and I don't know, I could be the only one, but a lot of times we get these insights and epiphanies and then they're lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I struggle with that as well. Like things happen and you're in there and then you kind of come out and you start to, I almost lose the integration period and I'm like, okay, I got to, this needs to happen next. And then I, I forget. Right. So I always keep something, a pen and a journal so that I can write at least for 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes or longer, depending on how much time I have so that I can capture all of that. Um, and that helps with what's called smirti. Smirti is the, the yoga of retention or, or memory. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a smirti sadhana mm-hmm. um, because in my own personal life, I've definitely had um, epiphanies and insights and forgotten them and then had to be reminded again that, oh, you already knew that, but you forgot. Right. So I think it just helps to... Um, keep that. And, you know, I do some chanting to the goddess um, before and after um, Mm -hmm. to kind of open the container and close the container. Mm -hmm. Um, So the practice for me is something that's full of devotion and, and love uh, for the goddess and Mm -hmm. for myself. It's a practice of self love. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot more than just rolling out your yoga mat and lying in Shavasana. Um, and okay. it can be a really beautifully healing uh, practice. I mean, I think we all want that, right? <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, you know, when we did the experience at Wonderlust, how did, does, you know, the, the, the part that we did with the Sankalpa at the start, and then we, we brought it into the Nidra, mm-hmm. do those things simultaneously always work hand in hand, or can you? Help me, you know, kind of just get into that Sankalpa work with this. Yeah. So Sankalpa um, is often paired with Yoga Nidra because Yoga Nidra is a place of least resistance, right? And and if you're going to plant an intention, it's great to plant it in yourself or in your consciousness in a time when the mind is more clear and that there's less resistance to you thriving let's say. Mm. Mm. Um, but yoga nidra does not have to have sankalpa. And to some degree, when we are teaching or practicing deep relaxation or what is called yoga nidra with a sankalpa, it's not a place of no thought, right? Because if you're planting a sankalpa, it's still, there's still a thought there. Right, so you're okay. still in the realm of maybe Manamaya Kosha or Vignaya Maya Kosha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that I would say that it's exactly the state of Yoga Nidra when you're using Sankalpa. It's more of a deep relaxation with the Sankalpa. Uh, that being, yeah. So that being said, um, you know, the, there's a saying from um, Swami Rama that there's a couple of different types of Sankalpa. So there's something that's called a perfect sankalpa, which is what I believe we worked with when we um, were at Wonderlust. And the perfect sankalpa is a sankalpa that's formed without doubt. And so if you're going to form a sankalpa without doubt, you're forming a sankalpa that 
is informed by some wisdom around your vasanas, around your samskaras, around the things that actually keep you from thriving, around your negative uh, belief systems and thought constructs. And so we create a sankalpa that is like an antidote to your negative thought construct. Right? If you've ever read the book, um, The Four Desires by Rod Stryker, he talks about this in the terms of uh, what's called a V-kalpa. And um, it's an amazing book. I highly recommend reading it because it's life-changing and he talks a lot about sankalpa in it. Um, but that said... Once we actually have, let's say, a sankalpa, a perfect sankalpa that we're working with, and that means that our sankalpa is not an intention that's going to keep moving us in the same direction that we've been going. It's a sankalpa that's actually so powerful that it has the ability to shift the trajectory of our life. Mm. And by shifting that trajectory, it probably has something in it that is causing us friction in order to be able to actually keep moving towards that sankalpa. The practice that we did at Wonderlust, I remember was, un- I mean, it was the first time I'd ever really um, done a, a full nidra, like in person. I've done a couple of them on, on. Um, <laughs> I almost said on tape. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have tapes anymore. (laughs) Sorry while I go back to the 90s and 80s for a minute. (laughs) Um, Time and space no longer existed for me for a minute. (laughs) But I had done done one, you know, um, on – I had done an audio one before and and as I did it, I thought it was something that was supposed to be more like relaxing, kind of go to bed. And I realized when I did it with you that it was not relaxing and going to bed, but – it was instead very meditative. I, it was almost, I felt almost as if I was asleep mm. and yet I was consciously aware of the Sankalpa work that we did. Right. So like I, I, yeah, in my, in my mind and in my, in, in my awareness, I had that process there kind of doing its thing. And that makes sense because one of the probably first definitions or way I ever heard yoga nidra described was sleep with a slight trace of awareness. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you are awake and aware, even if your physical body falls asleep, Mm -hmm. you are aware that your physical body is falling asleep. If you Uh, have the level of awareness where all of a sudden you realize, Oh, my breath has changed. My body just got heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm hearing that person next to me snoring. Oh, wait a second. That's me. Mm-hmm. I'm snor. I'm sleeping. Right <laughs> but I'm actually aware of the fact that I'm sleeping. And now I can actually continue to stay in this state of awareness and tell myself to stop snoring. Right, right, right. So hmm. it's, a, it's a really beautiful um, journey. And I believe what we did with the Sankalpa was that we placed the Sankalpa in the body Mm. as a vibration, if I remember correctly, which Mm -hmm. class we were doing together. Um, And that is a practice of Nyasa, which is known as, uh, means to place. uh, And it's a way to kind of activate, you can use certain mantras um, or your Sankalpa 
uh, or the Mahavakyas to place in the 61 points in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, And at some point, if you do that long enough, you really start to become like a walking vibration of your Sankalpa, which is the reason why it's really important to make sure that your Sankalpa is something that is really in alignment with your Dharma. I understand. Okay. Because otherwise you're starting to magnetize things towards you that are not in alignment with your Dharma. You're almost, well, not almost, I guess you are programming your, your DNA in there or your, 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 your thought process and your patterns. That's right. You're, you're moving away from, uh, you're burning the seeds of some of your vasanas. I understand. Some of your samskaras. And it's much, you know, it's, I'm making it sound very simple, but there's a a lot um, to it. And it's a lot of tapas because Mm -hmm. we're so used to going in one direction that we have to do something that moves us against the grain in order to shift the trajectory. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, staying still for a lot of people is a lot of work in general. Oh, absolutely. We're getting to see this now just at the beginning stages of uh, this uh, COVID pandemic being asked to stay home. And we all have varying degrees of what home looks like from the tiniest apartment in New York City to somebody who lives on a farm. Mm-hmm. We're getting to see how, how, in, how close in relationship are we to ourselves and right. to being still and to being quiet. And I think it's going to be very revealing for, for all of us. And I hope that we can use the gifts that we're being given by looking inward um, to make this world a better place when this is over. Tracy, let me ask you too, you know, with everything that's going on, I mean, this is a great way to actually tie it back to the start. You know, now I know I can say this, you know, and I know a lot of a lot of the people that that have have experienced it can say it, but for a lot of people that listen to the show, I, I think that the reason why is that there's a lot of knowledge. You know, a lot of people always write in there like, you know, you bring someone in and they teach something new. Right now, more than ever, I know that the stillness. I mean, I mean, this is what I've been saying. So see if you can get down with this. We don't have to make yoga sexy anymore, and we don't have to make meditation sexy anymore because we were doing that for a really long time. But now, people are just like. I need these practices that are grounding me. I see that you are grounded. What are you doing? Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) I'm like, thank you for making my job easier. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, now with that, now that this is all, I mean, unfolding, um, you know, and we could have, I mean, I could have a whole nother podcast with you about collective consciousness, but now more than ever, I think that people could benefit from this practice how people that are listening to this and want to integrate and maybe even start to just learn more and maybe part uh, add this into a part of the ritual, you know, why is this going to be so beneficial for them? And, and how can they start outside of all the other amazing things we just said, you know, said, but for starters, you know, what's an easy way, what's an easy entry to this? Easy entry. Well, first of all, you, you want the practice because it's grounding Mm -hmm. and it's nurturing. And it's supporting and it connects you to, un, you know, something that's unseen that is there supporting you that you want to be connected to in times that are uncertain. 
Mm. Right. You want to also be more connected to your intuition and your own knowing and that it helps you with that. So I would say that um, if you wanted to start a practice uh, to find a recording of someone's voice who is a teacher that comes recommended um, because I think the person's voice has a resonance that can help you to drop in deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are many teachers um, that are amazing, wonderful teachers. Um, I'll just name a few of them. So obviously Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker, um, John Vossler, Dr. Richard Miller, um, Indu Aurora, mm-hmm. um, Kamini Desai, uh, Mary Bruce, Chanti Takarante Perez. All um, the people. <laughs> Octavia yeah. Rahim, um, Chelsea Jackson. Those are the, the, the people right now at the top of my head. So I'm not leaving anybody off intentionally, but, but that's just who came, who popped in. Sure. And, you know, it's, Find that amount of time. And I think now we all have time, right? So we don't have to feel like, oh, I've got to find like a five minute practice because I don't have any time. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to just establish yourself in like a 20 to 35, maybe even 45 minute practice. And just decide that this is something that you're going to do every day. I'm feeling, and just like you said, the stillness is what's being called for right now. It's not about, you know, doing a lot. I believe this is just for me, right. a lot of vinyasa, right. And very little stillness. It's about finding balance, right. It's about let's move the body. Let's create some heat. Let's create some purification, but now let's add in just as much stillness as we are movement. So we can be balanced. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're doing home practice, um, I would just, you know, decide to do a half an hour of your vinyasa practice or whatever asana you're doing, and then 30 minutes of being in, in yoga nidra. And that's how just I would do it. There's lots of people out there teaching yoga nidra that are amazing teachers. And you also have some resources I know on your website. You have some beautiful recordings that you've done to guide people in. I do. I do. And I will, um, I will provide a link for your listeners, um, to have a free, um, yoga nidra from me so that you have a resource right away. And then when you get tired of my voice, you can start looking for other people. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt we will get tired of your voice. It is very soothing and very nice to listen to. Thank you. Well, Tracy, I am, um, I'm one, I'm just, you know, on a, a personal level, I'm just so thankful I, I get to talk to you and connect with you. I, I adore you. I think the world of you and um, I love what you're doing. And, I, you know, just more than ever right now, I'm just so, I just have a lot of gratitude and, and I never really understood the deep bows thing for a really long time. And I think I now understand what that means and just very much deep bows for mm. some amazing, fierce, strong teachers like yourself and, you know, like some of the other people that we talked about. Um, I'm just really glad that we have you out there to, uh, to hold us down. We need it. 
Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate it. It's definitely received. And um, thank you for having this podcast, this place where wisdom can be disseminated and people can gather and, um, you know, get teachings. It's, it's really important, especially right now. So yeah, yeah. Thank you for seeing me. Um, and I really, really honor you. So thank you. Thank you, Tracy. And uh, yeah, until the next Yogi Misfit sessions, this is Danny and Tracy saying peace out. Thank you, guys. Bye.